Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Andy, I don't know how many listeners we're going to get after this one. (laughs) 93-71. Illinois gets absolutely run off the court against Missouri in the 42nd Bragg and Rights game. The lead up to 35 at one point in the second half. Illinois just completely got dominated. It was 12-10, Andy. And then Mizzou goes on a 15-0 run. And they control the game from there on out. This one, I mean, they didn't even need to play the second half. I can't blame anyone Incredible. for not listening. I, I don't listen to podcasts when when my no. when my favorite teams lose. I get it, hundred percent. It just, I don't know where to start with it because it was an effort level. It was the defense that they were playing in. It was just an all around performance where everything that we've seen from Illinois so far this season that's been troubling happens. It, yes. it, all, it all happened in this game. And you think or you figure after the week that they've had since the Alabama A&M game, you would, actually you fear that some of those things are not resolved in, in practice this weekend. Brad Underwood says he thought they had a great pract- week of practice leading up to this game. And yet didn't it, show. It did not show. Illinois comes out flat. The environment was good, too. It's not like you can blame blame the conditions yep. or anything like that. It was a fun 50-50 atmosphere. It's just when the team, just at points in the game, gets on offense, they lack energy, and there's no one who is willing to take the ball and put it in the hole. Like yep. that's, that's all it comes down to, that no one will put it in the basket uh, at points. We saw it against Alabama A&M for nine minutes. Today it was eight and a half minutes in the first half for Illinois without scoring. It's just it, it keeps happening over and over again. And uh, Illinois, because of those eight and a half minutes, and the reason they lost because it ended up only being twenty-two points in the end. Yeah, the defeat. The defeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Margin of victory was twenty-two. The worst loss statistically in Bragg and Wright's history for the Illini. Previous highest margin of defeat for the Illini against Missouri. 18 back in 1994, so they topped that. And we can say this is this is the worst loss for Illinois basketball in the history of Border Wars, and that's saying a lot. Let's reset here. Crews cleaning up the court right now, getting it presumably ready for hockey again here at Enterprise Center. We've got great seats right yeah, now. Yeah, these are great we're, seats. We're, we're, we're right on the boards. Right yeah, right like now legit on the boards. This would be great for a hockey game. Exactly. Uh, which I have set on the boards for a hockey game. There you go. NHL game it was a lot of fun. Crew's cleaning up here, and they're cleaning up the mess that Illinois left on the court. It was a mess. It it was bad. Illinois comes out flat, like you mentioned, missed their first five shots of the game. Yeah. And then they got a little life. Terrence Shannon Jr. still can't shoot a three. Uh, He goes 0 for 5 tonight from beyond the arc. And he has made two threes since the Maryland game you were at. Yeah. Something looks off from him. Driving looks great. He finishes with 22 points. Matthew Myers, 16 points. Jay Neps with 12. Most of those in the second half for the freshman. Uh, but outside of Matthew Meyer, Jaden made a few threes. That's it. Like, really tough from beyond the arc. The Illini, one of 15 in the opening 20 minutes from three. When they're not making threes, I question how good this team is, Andy. Offensively, where are they at? I mean, what is the Illini offense right now? I don't know because coming into this season, you talk about the loss of Kofi Comer and the other seniors last year that graduated out of the program, and you're like, okay, 
It's going to be a completely new style of offense because last year you were kind of, I don't want to say constrained, but you played a certain type of way to get Kofi the ball. You just knew what it was. Exactly. You knew that the offense ran through Kofi. Yeah, and it's a certain type of offense that's not really run in college basketball anymore, but it works. Kofi is a great scorer. He's a great player, All-American. This year you're like, okay, it's going to be faster. The wings are going to get involved. You have forwards. You're not going to rely on that guy in the middle. You're going to play a five out because Coleman Hawkins is going to be the five in this particular starting lineup. And now you fast forward to almost two months into the season. I don't know who the go-to guy is on offense. I think it's Terrence Shannon. It has Jr. to be Terrence. But you talked He's about, the best player on Illinois. You talked about his inconsistencies from beyond the arc. And you have guys that can shoot from beyond the arc. You know, Matthew Meyer can get hot. He's been uh, particularly good in the last four games of the season so far. Uh, Jaden Epps can definitely hit some threes. Uh, Sky Clark has shown that he can hit from out there. But two of those guys are freshmen. And what Brad Underwood has described, at least in the press conference after the game, is the lack of his own footprint or, or um, his his own mark on this team. Uh, I don't know what the reason is for that. He blamed himself. I don't know if it's time because so many of them are new players to this program this season. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment, but that you can't – use that as an excuse for the way that they have played and lost these games. Uh, you know, like we said, Terrence is the best player, but when they get the ball on offense and it's not going in, they can't seem to have the guy break that streak and get them yeah. going again. Terrence, 2 of 22 since the Maryland game. And that includes From three. Maryland. Yeah, from three. Not great. I mean, it's, you're just not going to win many games shooting that many threes, and Brad said that today as well. Like, they're, they're not going to win games when they shoot that many threes. And, and they don't play that well. What did you make of Brad's perspective today after the game? It's been a week and a half, almost two weeks ago, since Penn State on that Saturday when he challenged, called out his guys. We had a fart noise. We had guys, you know, he pretty much said, hey, it's got to be on the guys. Today, a 180 from that, Andy. I felt like Brad, and he even said he's been self-reflective. Like, he, I think he is searching for answers, trying to look deep within himself of what he has to do. He, he went the route of old yeah. school Brad, and I don't think it's working. I, his team's not responding to him. His team did not respond to it. And you have to go to what Matthew Meyer said after the Alabama A&M game. You know, he had a great game and a great stretch in the second half, and he came into the press conference pissed off. And, yeah. and that was one of the most surprising things. Uh, I don't know if Brad Underwood has changed his tone because of anything on the outside. I know maybe he, he caught a little bit of heat for what he said after the Penn State game, but I think you're right that he has realized that his team does not respond to that type of challenge. Possibly. Did you feel like he was different today? 100%. Yeah. I felt he was 100% different. Um, he came and, out of the gate different. Like, it yeah. was all on me. You know, he, he said, that was horrible. His first words were, that was horrible yeah. in the post game today. And we've got all of that on our on our social media channels. You can watch that now. No excuse. I've got to be better, you know. And mm. I also thought it was telling what Terrence said. We were tough in those two games. We were together. We weren't arguing with each other during the game. That's the big difference that I've seen when he was asked about what went right in UCLA yeah. in Texas and what has gone wrong here against Penn State, Alabama, A&M. Quote, unquote, gone wrong. They won yeah. by 21, but they were only up one with – 10 minutes to play in the second half against one of the worst teams again you know in d1 and then obviously you get just humiliated tonight yeah 
I thought it hearing from Terrence was really eye-opening that Agreed. I, I think that Brad's message is definitely being heard by his team, but when he brings up the fact that the team is not tough yet, they're not Brad Underwood tough, that is more than just being able to hear what your coach is saying, right? That that takes a mindset and that takes a buy-in. I'm not saying these players aren't bought in, but it's it's a different level that they need to get to that they're just not at yet. So if there's any positive that can be taken from this, I don't think his players have turned on him at all. That was possibly a concern after the Alabama A&M game with, with Matthew's uh, uh, talk with us. But Terrence, I thought, reiterated what, you know, the usual Brown Underwood talking points. And I feel like he felt that. He f- was talking about how he needed to be a better leader, how um, they need to go into the break and, and need to learn how to play team basketball and yeah. not just play for themselves. So the only good thing that can come out of this is that the team, I think, is still together. He talked about that they were arguing possibly today, but I think they understand that they know how good they are. Yeah. And that they can be. Can be. Have shown. They have talent. They just yeah. need to put it all together, I think. And they know that. And I think that's important if things are going to turn around this year. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect. 100%. The vibe is not right. Mm-hmm. Like something is off. And they've said that. They have. And it, Brad's, it's easy to fight, see. Brad's fighting his team. That, that's how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. And we don't know the inner workings. We're not at practice. We don't see a lot of those things. But my instinct is that Brad, Brad is fighting his team to try and get them tough, to try and get into this way that Brad wants to coach, and, and he is just having a hard time. You know, It's not clicking consistently. And now they go into this break. The team from here will leave. They'll all go home. They'll catch flights. You know, that's across the country. You know, I mean, RJ's going back to Puerto Rico, presumably. I don't know that for sure. But, you know, Coleman's to California. And, like, these guys are going all over the country. They're going home. They're not back till Monday. They don't practice again until the 26th. Yeah. So now you've got four days off here, you know, three or four days off. Like, I, I just think it's an interesting time for this team. Is that a symptom, and I, we talked about this earlier, of so many players being new on this team? Like, I think it is, but they've been practicing together since the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, that that kind of gets old for me. Like, I, I agree. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not a reason, because I do think it is, but, like, at this point in the season, you're 12 games in. I'm playing such a devil's advocate here that fans don't want to hear. Well, sure, and but, I, like... But if you think about how long it took Brad Underwood to turn Illinois as a program around, right... And then once it had a few good years going there from since I got here, 2019 until last year, even this year, this team is still good. Yeah. Uh, how many of those guys w- were on all of those teams together? You know what I mean? Sure. And now you come into this year where none of these guys a- have been there since the start. You know what I yeah. mean? You always had Trent Frazier. You had DeMonte to rely on. And I'm not, you know, and I know I'm beating a dead horse because Brad Underwood brings those, those guys in the press conferences all the time, I think. I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate of what if this does take more time yeah. than, than just two months into the season? I don't know. I, I don't think it's impossible for this to get turned around. They're just not in a good no. spot right now. No, of course not. And Brad, historically, even mentioned this tonight, has not been very good at this time of year. For whatever reason. I mean, it, it just, I think it's a combo platter of reasons. There's multiple reasons yeah. why that, you know, from even the 20. What, the COVID team, they lost at Missouri. That game was in Columbia. 
Like, they didn't play well in that yeah. game. They turned that around. They won Big Ten tournament title. You know, last year they did play well here and won the game. Mm-hmm. Missouri was bad. I mean, that yeah. was that was bad. It was the end of an era in Missouri. Yeah, with Conzo. But, you know, Missouri's won four out of the last five of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, Brad Underwood is n- historically not good in this game. Yeah. And they do some soul-searching and they figure it out. But, you know... The season's not over. It's it's a long season. It is a long season. But I do think there are legitimate questions, mm-hmm. especially offensively and defensively tonight. I mean, you give up 93 points and you're going to have <laughs> questions about what went wrong. But, like, for me, it's offensively. Like, where is this team at, you know? And what is their identity on offense? And how much of the bad offense then set their defense up in precarious spots. Yeah. You know, the points off turnovers was astronomical tonight. Uh, you know, Coleman Hawkins was turning the ball over too much tonight. Uh, you know, it, you just can't win games like that if, if you're Illinois. 33-10, to 10, oh. Missouri, points off turnovers, like difference. You, that is just bad basketball, and that's why yeah. I, I sigh, because, you know, it, it seems like that's just been – uh, a symptom of every Illinois loss here. Even the wins, they've had yeah. issues with turnovers. Oh, 100%. And be- because of those turnovers, they're losing games. So it starts with getting better on offense. You're right. You know, as bad as the defense was tonight, letting up 93 points. If you figure out your offense, your defense improves then, and, you know, you win this game if you're not allowing 33 points off turnovers. Yeah, it's it's tough. Illinois is averaging 14 turnovers a game. I feel like most games it's been a lot more than that. Yeah. They're pushing that 20 mark. I mean, that's not a recipe for successful basketball, especially in March. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if this team ultimately wants to build towards March is what they've talked about, like turning the ball over that many times, playing that sloppy of basketball is going to get you upset in March. And it just is what it is. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't do those things. And when you combine that with shooting poorly from three, you know, it's just a tough, tough way to play basketball. Yeah, and the fans were not appreciative of the way they were playing no. basketball tonight. No, they got the out hustled. Center. They got out tough. I mean, yeah. rebounds. Like, there's times you got guys just standing around, not yeah. boxing out, not being aggressive. And Missouri was the better team. I mean, I, I think it was fair to question coming into this game how good Missouri really was. Because they're only Their best wins over Wichita and UCF. Yeah, and the only time that they had played a top 25 team, they got blown out at home. By Kansas. Yeah, by right? like 25. So I think that was fair. But if Missouri plays the way it did today. Yeah, good team. Yeah, they're going to be a good team. And and they are a good team right now. And, uh, you know, Dennis Gates went to the portal, got a ton of players. Kobe Brown is a stud, career high 31 yeah. for him. And, uh, and they embarrass Illinois here at the Enterprise Center. All right, Illinois is going on break here. They'll be back together the 26th Monday. Then they play Bethune-Cookman. You would presume a get-right game, although we probably would have said that against Alabama A&M, too. Didn't end up going Didn't like work that. out that way. <laughs> and then Big Ten play starts. So Illinois only has uh, one game, and it's not a high major game, until Jan 4 when they open up a uh, resume Big Ten play again, yeah. I should say, at Northwestern. And then there we go. It's quite the stretch. Northwestern, you'd hope, would be a get-right game, too. Yeah, but they already beat Michigan State. They sure did. Year. In East Lansing. Craziness. All right, Andy. I don't know if Alana Nation feeling good here uh, leaving St. Louis tonight. Stay warm, everyone. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We'll get with you again uh, next 
Thursday, right? That sounds week, right. Week from tonight. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm heading to Tampa. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, the team gets a break. We don't get a break. Uh, well, we got bowl coverage. <laughs> after this, how many times after a basketball game have Illinois fans been like, hey, when's the football game? <laughs> Legit, how many times have that happened? It has not probably happened since... Uh, a long time. Ooh. Yet here we are. Could probably go back to 2007. Yeah, there you go. Rose Bowl? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know, 10-11 in there. I guess so. I don't know that many people were excited about the... Uh, Heart of Dallas Bowl? Fight Hunger yeah. Bowl. Uh, no, Heart of Dallas. Yeah, Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl at 14. Not many people excited about that one, I don't think, after bragging rights. So, yeah, it's been a while. It's been but, a bit. Here we are, Illinois basketball embarrassed against Missouri in the Border Wars game. Worst loss in Bragg and Rights history for the Illini, 22-point differential. And uh, not the merriest of Christmases for Brad Underwood. Well, and so. I feel bad. He's a Christmas guy. So yeah. when, they, when they were playing Mariah so. Carey in one of the timeouts, all I could hear was him screaming in the huddle. I'm like, oh, he doesn't even get to enjoy the Mariah that's, Carey. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. All right. For Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening. If you've made it this far. You are better than most, and we appreciate you listening. We'll catch you soon, right back here on the WCIA 3-in-1 pod.